0: Good morning, John Kelly, Law Enforcement Life Coach, coming at you with the Sometimes Heroes Need Help podcast. You know, before I start this podcast, I uh, I was pondering, you know, well, who should be my first guest? And I was driving with my daughter the other day and uh, we were talking about some people that I had in mind and she's like, um why don't you be your first guest? She goes, nobody knows who you are. And I was like, yeah, kid, you you got a point there. You're you're right on point. I said, so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to give you a little background on John Kelly, why you should even bother listening to me. So this morning's podcast is going to be brief, but it's going to be informative, and it's hopefully going to frame for you the benefit to you listening and moving forward with me in this journey. So with that being said, our first guest on the Law Enforcement Life Coach Sometimes Heroes Need Help podcast is John Kelly. Well, John, thank you for having me on. Well, John, it's nice to have you. (laughs) All right, enough of that nonsense. So my name is John Kelly. I'm a 30-year veteran of the Broward county sheriff's office decided to start this initiative right this sometimes heroes need help seminar where we actually look to improve the current state of affairs in our own agencies and departments and within our lives and we do that by looking at our personal professional financial physical and mental health and well-being but before that got started I'll give you a little history on my, my work and what I did back at, in the day, back at the sheriff's office, and it'll kind of help frame for you some of the things and the reasons why I'm here today. Um, like most deputies and officers, I started off uh, rather young. I was 24 when I got on the job. I moved down from Boston looking for a job. They actually had, had an advertisement in the Boston Globe Come to the Broward County Sheriff's office, right they we, uh we just had started the uh the first episodes of cops were running, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll be one of those bad boys right i'll I'll check that out. So I packed up the Hyundai and I headed south and uh, landed in Fort Lauderdale and uh started the journey there. so I was a new recruit, made my way through the ranks. Right, FTO, detective, canine handler, sergeant, training division. We developed a lot of pretty badass courses and a warrior mindset, you know, taking care of business, doing whatever it would take to go home. And then my last assignment had me working closely with the Secret Service. Uh, I was a motor sergeant along with three other guys in a 50-man unit, and we ran, for the most part, all all dignitary moves and special events and on top of our regular normal duties of traffic enforcement and all that. That's a brief little look at the work history. Um, The best assignment out of all of them, uh, you know, I I never had a bad assignment, right? Uh, And I think my assignments came at times in my life, when I needed them. So earlier on in my career, working a patrol dog, working an apprehension dog, uh, post 9-11, we got him cross-certified as a bomb detection dog. I would argue that at that moment in time, um, that was the best place for me to be. There was no better job at that time in the 90s than being a patrol dog canine handler. You, You basically, you got paid to hunt humans. And uh, and that's pretty badass, man. And so after that, I would say that my next assignment that was probably beyond measure was in the training unit. We got really good at burying our own deputies for a while there. We were losing a deputy a year at the hands of a suspect. And we were brought in by uh, the the current command at the time. Now, it's a little background. With the sheriff's office, um, there's not a lot of consistency, right? I'll put it that way. Every four years, there's a regime change, and with that comes a whole new upper command and, and a whole new philosophy and direction. So it's really difficult to get into a groove, right? It's one of the struggles that not only we face, but a lot of people and agencies around the country face, Right. So we were with a new regime change, and they were sick of going to funerals. We were, we were getting really good at burying our own, man, and that's a really horrible thing to say, but that's the climate we were in. We were very reactive. Um, there was hesitation. Everybody was worried about being second guessed. Kind of like what you have going on now. Funny how history repeats itself, where I guess we're. We're never going to learn from it, but uh, that's That's a topic for another show. So we were tired of burying our own. Our command approached me and several other individuals, some like-minded people, and they said, hey, we want you to start a warrior mindset training program. Win at all costs. Do whatever it takes to win. Um, And our focus wasn't on survival, right? We're not going to survive. We're going to win definitively so we came up with some programs and initiatives that empowered our deputies and we did it in a way now mind you the guys that were in this training unit we had all been in trouble we had been thrown (laughs) thrown out of units we had been put on ice we had been suspended we had been terminated we had been in in various stages of trouble with the agency we were all good hearted. Um, but we, uh, we did what needed to be done in the moment. And so when we assembled this group of guys in front of the agency, there was no question about our, our history and our passion for doing whatever it took to keep our guys going home. So that allowed us to stand in front of a room full of cops and preach our warrior mindset. And we did so with, uh, Great enthusiasm and passion, and we really connected with our people. During that time, I would say that it was the best time in training. We would design drills that were pretty progressive. We borrowed a lot from the special ops community. We did immediate ac- reaction drills, hood drills, a lot of ambush drills, counter ambush drills, moving off the X, shooting and moving all those things that keep us going home, right? We were doing it real time, and we basically had carte blanche to do whatever it was that we needed to do to keep our guys going home. And I'm proud to say that we contributed to none of our guys falling at the hands of a suspect for the seven years that we ran our training. We weren't the only reason, but I I believe that philosophy and the passion of those instructors was a huge part of that. So moving from there, the next great assignment was my motor sergeant position. I would argue that being a sergeant, there's no better position to be in to have a direct impact in your people's lives. I would argue that the higher you go, if you're not careful, the more detached you become from your people and uh, that's something i never wanted to have happen so as a sergeant motor sergeant in charge of a 50-man unit with three other sergeants uh, we got to do some amazing things right we uh we were part of any major move in south florida between dade broward and palm beach county and we worked closely with our brothers from metro dade and palm beach county so when at any time a dignitary came to town whether it was obama or trump or biden we we ran the we ran the show and uh it was a a great opportunity to connect with our federal partners and to see what they do and how they do it. take a little peek behind the curtain get a a good sense of the magnitude what it takes to keep the leaders of the free world safe uh, when they move, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a great time. It was an exciting time, and that led me right up to retirement. So through this whole journey, there were some uh, some things, right? There were some holes I fell in, and I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how I'm still sitting here. Um, I don't, you know. People say I don't know, you know, how how I made it through that. I, I shouldn't be alive, and um, a lot of times that said tongue in cheek. But truly, um, I'm blessed. I, I should not be here today. And the only reason why I am here is because of the caring of others, right? Caring of my coworkers, my friends, my supervisors, my wife, my daughter, family members, right? That's what keeps you in the game 30 years, the caring of others. You certainly don't do it on your own. So my time in training, I I, I refer back to that because I, I kind of realized that we were missing the mark when it came to training our guys, that at the end of the day, the things they struggled with, it wasn't the cop stuff, right? The cop stuff was easy. It was the life stuff. It was the effects of the cop stuff. It was the relationship issues, right? the marital issues, the financial issues. The struggles physically and mentally with PTSD and thoughts of hurting oneself and that whole mixed bag, man, that nobody ever wants to talk about. Those were the things that were tripping our guys up. And I said, you know, Jesus, you know, we spent all this time training guys on shit that they can do with their eyes closed and the things that are truly tripping us up, the things that are keeping us from living a happy, fulfilled life. Not only do we not provide training for, it, but we don't even talk about it and I said at the end of the day that's you know that's pretty messed up that the that the number one thing about this for a second for me the number one reason why you don't go home, the number one threat facing the law enforcement professional is suicide statistically, are you fucking kidding me? The number one reason why you don't go home, it isn't the car four deep. It isn't the robbery in progress. It's not the SWAT call out. It's not the 13P in the back alley with the gun. We got that. All day long, we got that. The biggest threat to you not going home is you. And we won't even talk about it. So coming to this realization, I was like, well, we're going to have the conversation and we're going to talk about the things that have been jamming us up and keeping us from having a a happy, fulfilled, wonderful life. We're going to do that. And at the end of the day, don't we owe that to each other? Don't we owe that to ourselves? That commitment to each other, the commitment to ourselves? So that's, that's how this program was born, man. It was, it was born out of a sense of caring and a need to do more for our brothers and sisters in the first responder community. So I came up with the notion that the troubles that we face, right? They're not, they don't occur in a vacuum. So if we're not addressing and taking care of and putting the effort and energy into our relationships, into our marriages, that somehow, that's going to manifest itself someplace else, right? And if we don't take care of our financial health, if we're not paying attention to what we're spending and what we're doing and what we're making, that's going to have an impact on something else as well. in our physical health and mental health, right, if we're not taking care of ourselves, not eating properly and exercising properly. Not taking care of ourselves physically is going to manifest itself. And finally, with our mental health, you know, we've got this thing, man. We've got this idea that, you know, I go I go to the doctor for an annual checkup, right? I go to the dentist, make sure my teeth aren't going to fall out of my head from all the sweets that I'm eating. But command post of this whole thing, our brain, our mental health, we we don't check on it we don't we don't have anybody check on it we don't sit down with anybody we we don't run any ideas past anybody somehow we've equated you talking to a mental health professional you talking to somebody proactively to work through an issue when it arrives is a sign of weakness somehow somehow you know you don't have your shit together cuz you you need help well you wouldn't say that when you don't say that when somebody goes to the doctor or they go to the dentist, right? Um, I'm going to take my own cavity. I'm going gonna, gonna to put a little cement in there later. You know, I'm not going to go to the dentist. I'm going to take care of that. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give myself a checkup. You know, know, some some of you may may do that. I don't know. That's not it's not nothing I would recommend, right? But we when it comes to our mental health we stay away from that, right? All sorts, of, all sorts of red flags come up that you know somehow you're less from wanting to make sure that you're solid mentally. And I got to tell you, the things that we go through, the things that we see in this profession, you better be talking to somebody, right? You're not supposed to see and be exposed to the things that we are in this profession, right? That PTSD, that's serious and it's real. And see, we do a good job of boxing shit up. That's what we do. I'm going to get into it once we, we move into the programs. But there are, God, there's no shortage of stories that you and I could tell each other about some really messed up nights and our our reactions to them. And, and what ends up happening, man, is you become numb. You become numb to it because for you to feel... For you to feel ruins you. <laughs> and so we stop. We stop feeling. And we put up this facade because we've got a function. Right? Because I can't be fucking crying every time I go to a call. <laughs> so we we end up creating our own problems, man. And so what's the key to that? How do we how do we deal with that, right? How do we get how do we move forward? How do we see the things that we see and do the things that we do and have a normal, healthy, fulfilled, wonderful life? It's a great question, John. I'm glad you asked it. Right. Not easy, but it first has to come with acknowledging that it, everything's not okay. No, I am not. Hey, you okay, man? You're all right, right? No, I'm not. I am the exact opposite of all right right now. And that needs to be the response. Because with that response comes caring, comes an alert, comes action and resources to get you all right. But that response, no, man, I'm all all good. Check. We're good. Are you? Are you? And at the end of the day, only you, right? Only you, you being real with you can answer that question. And and I got to tell you, we're really good at bullshitting ourselves, right? We can lie to a lot of people, man. We lie to a lot of people. When we start lying to ourselves, that's the problem, right? You can't, you can't fall into that, that trick bag of lying to yourself. You got to be real, got to be honest. And if, hey, if if everything's good, God bless, man. Rock on. Use your experiences to help somebody else that may not be. Because that's the other thing, of this whole thing. What affects me may not affect you. And how my reactions to something, how they manifest themselves at home or at work, may be completely different. And that's why it's important for us to be able to talk and to be able to share experiences to help our brothers and sisters out of these holes that we fall into from time to time. Because at the end of the day, we we are all the same. We all suffer from the same bullshit, the same insecurities, the same doubts, the same wants and hopes and dreams. And I think that when you've made it to the end of this road, this 30-year career, I think you're morally obligated, right, to share some of the things that you've learned. I think it's important to point out some of the pitfalls along the way. And more importantly, to share solutions. At the end of the day, we owe that to each other. I, I say in my seminars, he, listen, you don't have to like somebody to care about them. And that's true, isn't it? I mean, we've got that twisted a little bit, that Somehow, I've got to like you to care about you. And, you know, that's just false. Caring above all else. I don't even have to know you to care about you. And that's what this is about. It's about trying to keep you from falling in the hole. And if you do fall in the hole, showing you the way out. Because I've been in the hole before. So as we move forward with this podcast, we're going to use a lot of my own personal life experiences and the life experiences of the guests that I'm going to have on the show to help you be a better version of you, to help you figure some things out. And at a minimum, at a minimum, make the conversation a little easier to have, right? There's no magic pill, man. There's no magic wand. You know, I have a saying: things don't get effed up overnight; they're not going to get fixed overnight, right? Right? Then we expect we expect immediacy in everything that we do. Uh, I started working out yesterday. I should I should have already lost twenty pounds. I should look like a Greek Adonis. Why don't I? Well, it didn't take a day for you to get messed up, so it's not going to take a day for you to get fixed. Right? Things happen over time. Improvement happens over time. Constant, never ending self improvement. That's where we want to, that's where our efforts want to be at. I want today to be better than yesterday. Looking forward to tomorrow. Can't wait to wake up. What an amazing feeling that would be. You can't wait to wake up because you're excited about what the day's going to bring. Hasn't always been that way. But I promise you, If you do the work, if you listen to those that have been there and have the keys to unlock that door, you're on the brink of having an amazing, wonderful, fulfilled life. The stressors and the bullshit, it's not going to go away, but you're going to be better prepared to deal with those. Stressors and the, and the nonsense when it comes to your door, because it's gonna, it's never gonna stop coming to your door. Just how we deal with it, right? I've got this prayer that I refer back to. It's called the Serenity Prayer, and I'm sure many of you have heard it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Can I get an amen, right? Are you, t- are you kidding me? Give me the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I'm going to leave you with that. This has been an introduction to John Kelly. I want you to stay safe out there, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you down the road. For more information on the Sometimes Heroes Need Help podcast, Sometimes Heroes Need Help wellness and leadership seminar, or my one-on-one life coaching, go to lawenforcementlifecoach.com. God bless.